Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Vince Del Monte, father, husband, and the OG of online fitness marketing. For more than a decade, I've been committed to helping skinny guys pack on muscle. And after building multiple seven-figure online fitness businesses, I've achieved freedom and financial security through mentorship, hard work, and my passion for fitness. And I want to help you do the same. Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, if you want to build a successful and profitable online coaching business in the health and fitness space, this video is for you. It's a talk that I recently gave in Las Vegas, and it's called How to Be Fearless. I gave it to a room of about 50 of our students who are doing multiple six figures a year with their online fitness business. And uh, I found a lot of guys get stuck at the 20, 30K a month level, and it's primarily mindset. So I dig into some of the um, growing pains that I've experienced over the years, a lot of hardships, lessons that have come from therapy and uh, really deep diving on my story. And I believe this is going to serve you immensely. I had a lot of people come up to me after the talk and they said, Vince, this is why I'm in your mastermind. I get pretty vulnerable. If you listen until the end, I share a a story uh, about a little uh, blow up with my wife and I uh, that resulted in a lesson that I think is going to really help give you a stronger foundation to grow your business from. So um, also, Try and note that the eight points all make up the acronym FEARLESS. You'll see what I mean as I go. I don't know if I specified that in the talk and if everybody caught that, but I'm specifying it now. So enjoy the talk. Let me know what you think. Share it with anybody you think would find uh, this uh, information and uh, experience and lessons valuable. And I really appreciate you and we'll see you soon. Enjoy. All right, we're going to talk about what it takes to be fearless. And I had a whole presentation and I scrapped it. Uh, yesterday and uh, redid it uh, on the way down last last minute here and uh, what I love to do is even open this up for conversation all right because uh, what I want to share with you guys is some stuff that I've really had to work through uh, demons challenges bottlenecks however you want to frame them opportunities blessings it's lots of different ways to see the problems in your life so today we're going to talk about how to become fearless And I want to just go through a number of things and share why these things are crucial, the problems with them, the solutions, and then get your input. I love for people to share. And uh, this is a safe place. We uh, have a rule here. What's said here stays here. So the more uh, open you are, uh, the less expectations you have, the more uh, you open yourself up to opportunities to gain those insights, those breakthroughs that will help you continue on this entrepreneurial journey. Sound good? All right. So first thing I want to talk about is the family first foundation. Uh, How many people have some struggles at home, personal life? Or is everything hunky-dory, smooth as can be? All right, we got some good liars in the room here today. All right. Anybody that projects everything is hunky-dory has got a guise up, and, and I've been that guy. So what I've learned is that you need to build your business, and this, sorry, build your family the same way that you build your business. My dad used to always say, Vince, if you put 10% of what you put into your family, that you put into your business, you'd have a thriving family. Anyone relate? Yeah? If we just put even a, just one extra percent. So why is the family first foundation so crucial to building a six-figure, multiple seven-figure, eight-figure business? Why? I think what happens with us as an entrepreneur is that there's many times that we feel lonely and that we are the only person that cares about our business and that we're the, you know, all the weight of the world rests on our shoulders. And one of the things um, for entrepreneurs is to see that the time and the effort you're putting into your relationships is going to have a payoff. Does anybody feel that way? Right? Sometimes you're wondering, like, I'm putting all this time, but how is this going to translate into growing my business? Right? And um, I see a lot of guys, they scale quickly. You know, they get, build these massive organizations, these big teams. They sell, but then they kick their family to the curb in the entire process. And at the end of the day, you have to wonder, do they actually make any progress? 
It's called the paradox of progress. Have you guys heard that concept? You're progressing in one area of your life, but you're actually going backwards in the areas that mean the most. So are you really progressing? It's called the paradox of progress. Business is crushing it, but family is going down the drain. And what happens is if you're continuing to grow your business, grow your business, and you're not putting any deposits into the family, then there's nothing to withdraw when you need the most support. Does that make sense? We need to be making deposits into the family when the family's young. And what happens with us is that we crave dopamine. We crave gratification. You guys relate to that, right? We, we, we love the recognition we get with the business. We love the fame that comes with what we do. We love the, uh, the applause we get from our peers, right? It feels good. And oftentimes, you know, being famous at home doesn't have that type of payoff. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have that payoff, right? You know, me playing on the floor with John Luca, uh, you know, Snakes and Ladders, Battleship, you know, reading books to my kids before bed. I don't put, that doesn't go up on social media. Nobody claps for that. But that's the stuff that's the most important. So what I, my advice is here is that when you invest into your family, you're building a support system that will allow you to scale in the future. All right, when you're building your family first, you're going to be able to have more creative energy. You're going to be able to have more focus. You're going to be able to have uh, more ambition because you know that if something doesn't go well, then what's the worst thing that can happen? You still have your family intact. Does that make sense? I think a lot of us were trying to build these businesses without any foundation, right? Um, Last week, I was in uh, Nashville with Flavia for five days, right? And uh, we're away from the kids for five full days. That's a, that's a long trip to be away from the kids. And then I'm home for two, three days, and then I'm back on a plane, leaving her with the kids for another couple days. We had an argument while we were there. You think it was important for us to resolve that argument before I flew off to Nashville to speak to almost 200 people this weekend? And if I don't have that stability in my personal life, do you think I could come here and speak authentically to you guys? I, would, I wouldn't want to come in this room. I'd feel like an imposter. So oftentimes we self-sabotage in our business because what we're exporting on our social media isn't even working inside the home. Now, thankfully, I swallowed my pride. We had a talk and we resolved our issues. And that's going to come in another point in a bit. Issues that we've had for a long time, which is like, hey, why are we still dealing with this stuff? Right? And we had to fix our stuff so that I could have connection with her while I'm gone. And she would actually ask me, hey, how's the event going? How are you feeling today? Are you ready? Anything I can pray for you for? Right? And knowing that I've got support back home allows me to do what I do best. And this is what, you know, how does this make you fearless, right? Well, this makes you fearless because you know that you've invested into a strong foundation, right? And a lot of us, we can't scale our business because we know we have no stability. There's no foundation to build off of because everything we're trying to build off of is just based on numbers, just based on metrics, not based on who we are and who we're becoming. And knowing that, hey, if business doesn't go great this month, I'm a father first. I'm a husband first. Business is a distant third. This is, this is not who I am. This is just what I do. It's just a small part of my life. And when you can start to frame that, this all just becomes a bonus in my life. This isn't my life. This is a perk. This is what I get to do. I don't have to do this. Can anyone relate to this? Anybody want to share? What's showing up for you guys? If you don't want to open up, we can just keep going. It's okay. But for, for, for me, I think it's just really crucial to invest the time. Now, how many people have young kids at home? Okay, a lot of you guys. How many of you guys want to have kids one day? All right, so one day you want to have kids, right? So, so maybe you're not developing the relationship specifically with your family right now, but you're developing the relationship with yourself. You're developing the relationship with family members so that you have their support. So as you start to grow, you still have people that want to see you successful, which is really, really crucial because you didn't kick them to the curb in the name of impact, in the name of growth, in the name of helping people, right? You helped everybody but the most important people. And that 
will cause you to self-sabotage. All right. Number two, experience measure, sorry, experience progress backwards. How many of you guys have read The Gap in the Gain by Dan Sullivan? Good book. And one of the things that um, my behavioral change coach, can't call her a therapist, Annie's helped me with is um, something that I've really struggled with, which was comparison, right? And always looking at, because I've been in this since 2006, so I've seen countless guys like really go to the next level. I've also seen a lot of guys self-destruct. So in that process, you can easily get caught up in what everybody's doing. And you can easily get caught up in what's possible for everybody else, and you forget what's possible for you. And how do you stay in touch with what's possible for you? You always measure backwards. And you always measure your experiences from looking backwards. All right, so what we've done is we created something called a reality doc. I've talked about this. Has anybody actually done it, created a reality doc? Okay, well, this is going to be really helpful. So a reality doc is where you document all of the things that you're proud of. And you can do it in different categories. Your family. I got three kids now. I used to be single. I used to come to this city. I won't talk about those, those days. I used to come to this city when I was single. That was, I got three kids now. I'm a family man. All right? Very, very different type of growth. All right? Financially. How many of you guys have more money in your bank account this year than last year. Pat yourself on the back. That's amazing. How many of you have more clients? How many of you guys are serving more people this year than last year? That's freaking amazing. Right? How many of you guys have more experiences than last year? You've grown. You've matured. How many? Right? Pat yourself on the back. This is the stuff that you want to document. This is the stuff you want to take pride in. Right? This is the stuff that's going to keep you in the game. All right? So... If you don't do this, what is the consequence? The consequence is you're going to spiral, and you're going to do what we call a death spiral, and you're going to lose perspective of all the gains you've made. How many of you guys easily lose perspective of how far you've come? It's always about where you're trying to go, right? Goals are like the horizon, right? You can't ever touch them. They're good, right? They're like targets, right? Targets are actually meant to be missed, Targets aren't meant to be hit. They're meant to pull you into the future. They're meant to guide you. They're meant to course correct. Targets, if you're hitting your targets, the biggest fear should be that you hit your targets because you set them too low. That's the mindset you want to have with targets. So what happens is if we're not measuring backwards, if we're not looking at all the experiences from a backwards lens, what happens is you go into a state of trauma. You start making decisions from a very trauma-induced state, in an emotional state. And this is when you lose your power. Anybody make a quick decision recently that they kind of regretted later? Maybe I acted a little too quick. Just Braven, he's the only one, only honest guy in the room. Okay, all right, all right, a few more honest people. All right, so how, what's the solution here to not living in the state of the gap, always Thinking about, oh, we hit 20K, but we should be here, but we should be there. Yeah, but, you know, this, you know, we, we, we had a promotion. You're always writing off your progress as if it doesn't mean anything. Why do you do that? Why do we do that? Because we're not grateful. We take the gains we're making for granted. We're entitled. We just expect this to happen, right? And I think when we can start living in a state of, gratitude, and we can live in the reality of what we're actually creating, and we can say on a regular basis, we can constantly focus on, look how far I've come. Write that down. Look how far I've come. If you can live in that state, do you think you'll show up differently? Do you think you'll be more engaged this weekend? Yeah, because you're so grateful to be here. This is a privilege to be in here. This is a privilege to impact people's lives. I'm not looking, oh, man, there's a few empty seats in the back. Shoot. Guys, what the heck happened? Didn't we send out a second email? How come the whole room's not full? Right? I'm grateful that you're all here. If I'm living in a state of, oh, man, we're supposed to have X amount of people, and there's, oh, there's only, oh, man, how am I going to show up today? You're going to feel a different, ener- different type of energy. How do you think your clients feel when you're showing up on social media sulking? Oh, I missed a deal. Oh, man, that person didn't renew. Oh, we got a refund. 
right? That energy is going to destroy your business. So we have to be aware of that. So we need tools that help us stay in, um, in tune with the gains that we've made. This past year, I hired Bedros Koulian. I paid him $100,000. He doesn't have any payment plans. Wired that to him in one shot in December to work with him uh, for uh, one year of private coaching. At the start of the year, when we talked the initial discovery call, we talked about lots of different plans of expansion. All these, like, lots of big plans for expansion. All these different ideas. And interestingly, we experienced a lot of contractions this past year. What I learned is that it takes a lot of contractions to set up the next expansion. And I had no idea that to get to the level that we want to go to, that it was going to expose problems that I never addressed. New problems. Another way to see them is new blessings. New blessings. I get to deal with this new challenge. And if you can come into this business without any expectations of the way things will go, you won't limit your ability to grow. Because you don't know how things are supposed to go, right? You don't know how the fight's going to go, right? You just have to continue to stay in the fight, right? Um, a lot of us think that we have to win every fight. You don't. You're probably going to lose quite a few. The one thing you do have to do is you do have to fight every single fight, right? And the only thing that's going to cause you to lose the fight is if you quit. If you just keep staying in the fight, you're going to eventually get to the next level. So why does this make you fearless when you have a state of gratitude? Because you're always in a state of gain. When you're always in a state of learning from experience, versus living in the gap, you're going to always be grateful for the lessons that you're gaining. And we can listen to podcasts all day, hear about, you know, he's having this lesson, he's having, it doesn't actually hit when it lands home. When you experience it, like, holy crap, wow, this is the, this is the fight I'm in right now. And when you can start framing all of these challenges as lessons, then you're going to be able to embrace where you're actually at hey, this is the fight that I'm in right now. And I'm grateful that I'm here. Is this registering? We, we were talking about this in the gym. And post, you know, we post content. And you post a piece of content. And uh, you, know, you check it after, what, five minutes? And there's no views. <laughs> Anybody do that? Is it just me? And, and what do you do? And, and, then you, and you know it's a good piece of content. Like, I know this content is good. But according to social media, after 10 minutes, it's not good. But then I check an hour later, and it's got a ton of views. Why did I go to social media to validate what I knew was good? Why do we do that? It's normal, but it's things that we need to address or to limit your experience. Number three, everything that you need is accessible to you right now. This one's going to hit home. How many times do you feel like there's something missing in your business? That there's something outside of you that you don't have access to. Ever feel that? I wonder what they're teaching in that mastermind. I wonder what they're teaching in that sales course. I wonder what would happen if I joined this person's group. Anybody ever get those thoughts? You're always wondering, I must, I must be missing something. I wonder, am I in the right room? Maybe I should have gone to that different event. Where does that come from? We ask these questions of, you know, there's something wrong with me. And the solution is that everything that you need is inside of you right now. Everything that you need in order to be successful is inside of you right now. Now, sometimes we do need a mentor. Sometimes we need a coach. Sometimes we need an environment like this to unlock it. I remember when I was um, deadlifting with Stan Efferding. He was in Toronto at the Swiss Symposium, and I was on my powerlifting program. And... Uh, I was supposed to do like 450 that day, and he said, put 485 on. And I said, I can't do 485. Like, I'm never, you know, I'm not, that's not what the program's calling for today. And then, you know, Stan is like, show me your football stance. I'm like, football stance? I'm never play. I'm a distance runner. So like, get on your football stance. I'm like, this? He's like, what? Then he started pushing my shoulder, and I'm like, oh, geez. I'm like, hang on, do that again, do that again. Now I got it. So he's like, okay, brace your core. Activate your lats. Get down. All right, lift it. 
And I pulled 45 just like that. It was inside of me. But I needed him to unlock that. So oftentimes, what we just need is to be in an environment that unlocks what is already inside of you. I'll tell you another story. You all know I did 75 hard at the start of the year. Started with seven guys, finished with five. And uh, I had attempted 75 hard three times in the past. For those who don't know, I failed all three times. I didn't get past day 21. On one of the attempts, I caved on day two because of Ruffles salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> I, I didn't even post it on social media. I was so embarrassed. Like, it wasn't even, I'm going to make a story out of this. I'm like, nobody's going to find out about this. I was so ashamed. I'm like, I can't even resist a bag of chips? And I'm supposed to be leading the fitness industry? I felt like, what a fraud. Right? Those were the feelings I had. And, you know, I want to get back in shape. I'm looking at different plans out there. Maybe I should go with this plan. Maybe I should go with this diet. And, you know, maybe I should, uh, you know, try these supplement stacks. Guess what was missing? A hard commitment. The reason I was unsuccessful, hard commitment, sorry, let me say a couple, a hard commitment and accountability. I was too prideful to do it with a group of guys. I didn't want to get into a group of guys and have to text them at the end of the day that I did it. To me, that was like, I've been doing this for 15 years. I've competed over 16 times. I'm like freaking getting in a group to tell guys how I did at the end of the day. That's stupid. I'm better than that. I had to swallow my pride and say, holy crap, I failed three times. I'm going to have this gut for another three years, which I developed after three years of self-negotiating with myself and feeling sorry for myself. I got three kids. My wife's expectations are too high. I have a big coaching. I can't handle. I deserve this. And I made excuses. And all I needed was to stop making excuses and commit to 75 days. And there's nothing magical about Annie Frisella is 75 hard. It's just rooted in non-negotiables. And I actually made the non-negotiables non-negotiables. Everything I needed to lose, I went from 227 to 205 in 75 days. In the middle of winter, thank you very much, minus 30 degree weather. Half the time we were out doing the second workout, it was icy, it was freezing. And that is when I discovered it's all inside of me. I got it all. And you guys have everything you need inside of you. There's nothing missing. The tools are there. We just need to unlock them. Now, why does this make you fearless? Because you see that everything is within your power. Everything is within your power. You are the problem, but you're also the solution. You guys believe that? Right? Leadership is always the problem. Leadership is always the solution. Hardest person to lead is yourself. Does that make sense? Resourcefulness to develop and reinvest. We're going to talk about resourcefulness. As you want to scale your business, you're going to have to build a team. And you're going to have to develop your resources. A big part about investing into Badris's coaching for the past years is that I got access to an EOS implementator and I got to learn how to structure an organization. Stuff that I didn't have coaching on in the past. I had read traction. I understood, like, you know, I heard about these concepts, accountability charts, rocks, quarterly meetings, uh, all these different tools that you have, one-year plans, three-year pictures. But no one had ever taught me how to implement them into a company and how to actually do them properly and create scorecards and all this, all this neat stuff. And this past year, I learned, I sorry, I invested into this to help develop our program because this wasn't something that our team had, and nobody on our team had it either. So a part of developing your organization is developing your team members and to invest into them. And I think, how many of you guys have the mindset that, well, I'm paying them this much money, they should know what to do? Anybody ever struggle with that? Yeah, but I'm paying them, they should know. Yeah, this was me for a long time. You hire somebody, you make the quick hire, and then they let you down, and then what happens, you contract, say, I knew it, this doesn't work, I'm just going to do it myself, nobody cares about my business, this all rests on my shoulders, I have, to, I have to make it, if anyone wants to do it, I have to do it myself, Right? 
And what I've learned is that in order to get a higher level of performance from somebody, you have to coach them up in a customized way. Each person is different. Each person has different motivations. And if you're not developing them properly, what happens is you're going to eventually disconnect and you're going to start getting frustrated and you're going to start getting angry and you're going to start to express negative emotions to your team. So now, not only do you have these problems that you need to solve as a team, but now they don't know how to deal with your negative energy. I'm talking about myself, by the way. Anybody feel that? Is that showing up for anybody? A little bit? Right? So, so gotcha. Okay, so this is going to show up for you guys. As your business continues to grow, you're going to start to hire VAs. You're going to hire setters. You're going to hire a closer. You're going to hire coaches. You're going to hire admin people. You're going to hire tech people. And what you have to understand is that you will not deal with any different types of problems with one person that you won't deal with another person. Because like, you're dealing with human beings. So, you know, should I go with the setters from so-and-so's agency or should I go with the setters from so-and-so's agency? It doesn't freaking matter. Should I hire a closer from his organization or his organization? Who are better? You're going to have the same problems with both organizations. You might as well just pick one and then put the time in to invest in them and coach them up and build a system and get feedback. Right? Create an SOP, get clear roles and responsibilities, set standards of performance, create a compensation scale. Sit down and ask them what motivates you. I was at the uh, Traffic and Funnels Mastermind this past weekend in Franklin, and they had their top sales guy, and they have a floor of 20 to 30 uh, sales reps. And uh, I was getting some lunch time with him, and I was also talking to their sales operator who hires all of their sales reps. And I was asking him, you know, what's, what do you guys do differently? And in the interview process, she shared, shared something really interesting that is carried into the sales floor. So the sales goals, uh, so the sales rep, uh, sorry, the sales manager knows how to motivate the clients. And the very first question they ask is, how much money do you want to make? So three questions if you're hiring sales reps. You want to write these down. Number one, how much money do you want to make? In 12 months from now, how much money do you want to make? I want to make $20,000 a month. Is that possible with your organization? Unfortunately, you got guys like Dan Locke who've promoted the high-ticket revenue stream as a, you know opportunity to make $20,000 a month while working three hours a week and the rest of the timeline on the beach. We all know that's not a reality. But people do think that's a reality. So you're going to attract those kind of people who want to come work for you. So we have to figure out if they want to make 20K a month, do they know what's actually involved? What are their KPIs in order to hit that? All right, so number one, what do they want to make in 12 months from now? Number two, here's the money question. Why do they want it? What's their motivator? What will that remove from their life? What will that that give them? Would that be important to know? All right? And then finally, how are you going to reward yourself when you hit that goal? So a big part about developing a team is understanding what drives your team members. They don't care if you hit 100 members, 200 members. They don't care how much money your organization is making. They want to know if, hey, am I in a safe environment where I can grow, where I can achieve my goals, where I feel recognized, where I, where I can advance? And if you create that environment then you're going to have a very stable foundation to grow from. Now, how can this make you fearless? Because your competition isn't doing this. Your competition is bouncing from person to person to person after two months, after three months, the way single guys date in their 20s. Oh, she didn't work out. She didn't work out. She didn't work out. In their 40s, they're still saying the same thing. They've gone out with 20 different girls. They're all the same girl. What's the common denominator? You. You've been the problem the whole time. It's the same in business, right? So we have to understand that if if we're churning people through our organization, it's because we're not developing them. And that's not a stable place. And that's when we sometimes operate from scarcity and from fear because we don't believe that we can take this to the next level. And something that's taken a long time for me to figure out is it takes a long time to develop people. And guess what? You can only develop people to the level that you've developed yourself, How can I tell my team to hold their commitments when I don't hold my commitments? 
How can I tell my team to show up on time if I don't show up on time? Right? So it always starts with us. And this comes right down into your own personal fitness, your own personal nutrition, your own personal daily disciplines. If I'm not developing, I can't, you know, if I'm not learning new sales stuff, how am I going to coach my sales manager up? Just because I gave him the title, he should know all this? I have to constantly be putting out uh, effort to learn and get in environments where I can get equipped so I can equip them. And that's the value of you guys coming to these events and equipping yourself so you can bring back more and your team gets fed. If you're dehydrated, you can't, you can't quench anybody else's thirst because you're just trying to quench your own thirst. Does that make sense? You guys see how this can make you fearless? Awesome. All right. The next one. Lead like others cannot. Embody a way of leading that others can't. Has anybody ever wronged you? Where you feel like I got to show them? You ever feel like you've been uh, taken advantage of, ripped off? You always, you know, your, your instant reaction is to go low, throw a low blow, to punch back. It happens all the time. It brings the worst out of us, right? Your wife yells at you. Your husband yells at you. says something to you. What do you do instead of being the better person? What do you do? You snap back. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but you did this. Oh, yeah? Anybody ever do that one? Right? You punch. You play dirty. You punch dirty. Right? And... A part of building a business is that when people do you wrong and when something negative happens to you, you have an opportunity to embody leadership. I'm not perfect. There's so many times I'm like, God, did I handle, I didn't handle that situation well at all. Oh my gosh, I wish I could completely erase that. Sometimes I have bad calls. I text my team. I'm guys, I'm so sorry for that negative energy. That won't happen again. Please hold me to a higher standard. I'm like, I just brought this negative energy on the team. And I'm like, man, like they know that, you know, things are, you know, there's a, there's a rough patch we're in right now. And I show up and they're like, okay, so I guess I'm allowed to act like this too. So if the boss is emotional, can I get emotional too? If the boss yells, can I yell too? So we have this opportunity to lead. And I'm trying to teach my kids. The, it was so funny. I was driving into the school the other day. And I was asking my four-year-old, seven-year-old, and nine-year-old if they knew the difference between building a house and building a home. Anybody know the difference? A house is what you live in, and a home is where the heart's formed. Anybody can build a house. Anybody can have a house. The question is, is do you have a home? All right? And I was trying to, you know, ask the kids, so what does it take to build a house? Maybe analogy was maybe a little too advanced. Hammers, right, guys? And we need... uh, we need floorboards, and we need uh, trusses, and we need cement. And like, they don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, this is good. I'm going to keep going here. <laughs> Maybe they'll remember one day. And then I asked him, so guys, that's what it takes to build a house. What does it take to build a home? What about kindness? Do we need kindness to build the home? Yeah. Do we need patience to build the home? Yeah. Do we need love to build the home? Yeah. Do we have to be, you know, and I started to share all the, uh, the different fruit of the spirit. <laughs> all right. And, you know, they didn't get it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to teach them what it takes to build a home. And anybody who's married, I'm sure you've, uh, you know, maybe had an eruption. I know maybe, maybe it's just me, but my wife and I, no, never, right? Yeah, I know. Never, never, ever. Me and my wife sometimes yell and scream. And sometimes we do it in front of the kids, and it's bad. I would not put that on social media. I don't care how many views that gave me. I don't care what that could do. (laughs) That's not going on social. Nobody has seen that. That is like the lowest of the low. And here we are yelling at each other, and then the next moment, the kids are hitting, and I'm trying to tell the kids, guys, what are you doing? You can't yell at each other. Be nice to each other. I'm like, holy jeez, well, where did they learn that from? Where do they let, but how do I deal with that? That is the opportunity to have, I can have the greatest impression. Or, hey, I am so sorry, I screwed up again. I am sorry, I screwed up, will you forgive me? By the way, you should write those three words down, fellas, specifically. Those are the three magic words. I'm sorry, I screwed up, will you forgive me? All right, again. 
all right? And as leaders, we have this opportunity to embody excellence to our team and show them how to behave. But the standard starts with us. So, so what does this have to do with being fearless? What does this have to do with being fearless? It's because this is going to help you own your vulnerability. Because it is not easy to say, I screwed up again. Or guys, I'm really struggling here. I'm supposed to be the leader of this organization, and I'm the most unstable one here. That requires a lot of vulnerability, but what that also does is it creates a lot of connection. It creates a lot of trust. It's authentic. Do you think your team members want you guys to be fake? Now, we do need to be strong. We need to have a plan. But at the same time, to prevent, to pretend that, you know, things don't bother you, it kind of, it doesn't, people are like, is this guy for real? This guy seems like, you know, there's something going on that I don't, that I don't trust. Have you ever, ever met that person? This guy's too good to be true. This, the, come on, you're really, this guy's perfect? Come on, right? You don't trust them because, so you don't develop that connection. And that's sometimes important to bring the team closer together. And listen, when you lead like this, guess what? You're teaching your team how to do this as well so that they can teach the team underneath them. This whole talk's on how to scale. In order to scale, you need a team. So this is how this all ties in together. All right. E, excited about mistakes, disappointments, and failures. How many of you guys can't wait to get another disappointment? Right? We like try to wake up. Sometimes like you're afraid to check your email. Anybody's got one of those places on social media you're afraid to check? You might get a cancellation or a refund or you get a complaint. Anybody have those spots you get anxiety if you go check that one spot? No? Yeah? Okay, thank you guys. You guys make me feel insecure up here. All right. So, again, this is a lot easier said than done. But in order to become fearless, you have to get excited about mistakes disappointments, and failures, right? How many times do you guys feel like you're having a bad day? Just me, again, bad week? Anybody ever have a bad week? Anybody have a bad couple months? And guess what? You might have a bad couple years before you get the train back on the tracks. But guess what? This doesn't mean that you have a bad business. This doesn't mean that you have a bad life. And what we have to understand is that it's okay if doors close because oftentimes it's a setup for a new door opening. And we have to be courageous enough to figure out, do I want to go through that new door? Because it's going to be painful. And I think a big part of when I look at very successful people and the more progress I see in my life is when I can get better at the concept of reframing. When I'm able to reframe mistakes as, hey, this is going to be a great message one day. And I can reframe disappointments as, wow, I'm getting developed again. Sometimes I don't want to be developed anymore. I don't want any more lessons. I just want the wins. But guess what? You haven't earned them. That's hard to swallow. Anybody ever feel like that? I've been doing this for so long. I should just be there by now. So what's happened is you've stopped desiring the development more than the, the destination. You just want to get to the destination. Why is the destination so important? Are you that insecure? You have to get to the destination. What's wrong with the development as the actual reward? And that's a tough, tough thing to, to embrace. And that's something we all have to wrestle with. And then how do you reframe your failures as winning? Oh, Vince, this, this sounds horrible. Like, what are, we, what are you talking about today? But when you fail, this is when you gain the greatest lessons. Why are we so afraid of being seen as a failure? You know, yesterday uh, I was talking to my brother, and uh, we've relaunched our Men of Bedrock coaching program, and this is the second cohort. And, uh, you know, when you launch some, something, you always have expectations, right? Anybody relate? Hey, we, hey, if we do all this work, this is what the result should be. And, uh, you know, if you don't get the result that you want, you know, what, what is, why are we so upset? I asked him, why are you so upset that it hasn't taken off as quickly as you thought this time? And, and the fear is that people don't like my work. People don't like me. Anybody feel that way? 
Yeah, like so 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 that's where we're that's where we're most insecure. It's not that we don't launch it and it doesn't make money, it's that crap. I just spent all summer writing another 30,000 page journal and nobody wants it. Crap, I just spent 2 years writing another book and the only people that downloaded it are a few people in my community. Anybody ever feel that? Right? You're afraid of what's going to happen. Right? So what we have to understand is that everything you're doing is being done for personal growth. Right? And this stuff doesn't define you. You know, whether, whether it gets, you know, a New York Times bestseller or it just sells a couple hundred copies or doesn't sell any copies. Right? This is an opportunity for you to step into your higher self, into the next version of yourself. This is an opportunity for you to figure out 2.0, 3.0. Right? This is a chance for you to see what's really possible, what you're made of, and to impact more people. That's what this is all about. And it comes from flipping the script to not like, what can I get? What am I getting? It's how can I keep giving? And when you come into everything you're doing from just a spirit of giving, just a spirit of like, guys, I'm here to serve you guys in the next couple days. I just want to help. I'm just here to see you guys succeed. When your success truly becomes my success, I hear a complaint, like, whatever. It doesn't, it's, I can deal with it because that's not my identity of trying to keep one person happy. It's showing up fully engaged, fully present. That's what gives me a sense of peace. That's how I sleep really well at night. Knowing that I'm being responsible for what I've been given. Right? It's his to give and mine to manage. He's not going to give me any more if I'm not managing the, 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 the lot he's given me. Right? So we have great responsibility in order to receive more responsibility. Responsibility is earned. So why does this make you fearless, this whole idea of being excited about mistakes, disappointments, and failures? What well, makes you fearless because you're going to embody a new identity of being a constant learner versus linking your identity to your mistakes. Your mistakes is not your value. It's not who you are. It's just what's happening in your life, right? And I have to remind myself of who I am all the time. I'm a I'm a, fa- I'm a son of Jesus Christ. I'm biblically anchored. I'm a world dominator. I'm a loving father. I'm a present husband. And I will be undenied. I tell myself that all the time. I tell myself who I am so that I'm not defined by what I do. And that's what keeps me going every single day. Does that make sense? You got to figure out who you are. If you don't know who you are, then you'll let the world tell you who you are. All right, and oftentimes the world standards aren't very high of who to become. All right, last one here, guys. Actually, two more real quick ones. We need strength to own your journey and embrace where you're at. So why do we need to own our journey? Because we need to own our current environment. I think a lot of people are projecting into the future of what they should be doing rather than focusing on what's in front of them. Everybody, anybody ever get caught up in you know, what they should do next as opposed to just hyper-focus on what's right in front of you right now? Right? It's like the skinny guy joining your coaching program. He's 140 pounds, and he's asking about when, when do we shred. I'm like, bro, you, you can't sculpt a pebble. We got, we got to spend the next two years bulking up before you even earn the right to ask about shredding. Right? So we got people come in in the coaching program and they're asking about when should I do, you know, launch a low ticket? Hey, when should I do a challenge? Hey, dude, focus on freaking posting one time a day. Focus on booking five calls a day before you start asking about setters. Focus on closing 70% of the time before you start asking about what closer you should hire. You don't even have a right to ask about these questions. It's okay to be curious, but to waste energy on them? is robbing you of the journey that you're on right now, right? So we got to stop getting ahead of ourselves. That is the solution. Stop getting ahead of yourself. I've been doing this for 16 years. I started in 2006. My first year online, I made $10,000 in my very first year online. Second year, I made $100,000. Then it started to grow. But 
Like, this is a long journey. And we need to start really embracing where we are. I won't get into the nitty-gritty, but this past weekend I was mentioning it earlier that my wife and I got into a big blowout. You're not going to hear these kind of stories in other masterminds, so I don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable if I do. But Vince is a sulker when he doesn't get his way. You guys all know what I'm talking about. So I thought we had a great, I thought we had a great day. I was looking to make it even greater at the end of the day. But that didn't happen. And that day, we went to see our builder, and we found out that they installed the wrong cupboards, and that they still want to close on the same date, all right? And they're not planning on pulling out the kitchen that they put in wrong, because we signed off on it, even though we had all the verification and the email documentation, they, well, you signed off on this, maybe it was our mistake, and we're going to be moving into a house with an unfinished kitchen. All the ladies, what's the most important room in the house? The kitchen's got to be the best room in the house. You're not moving into a house if the kitchen is not done properly to your specs. All right? Well, this is a situation we're in, and guess what Vince does? Because I didn't get my way the night before. I didn't talk to my wife all day because I fight with silence and she fights with violence. Neither are healthy. (laughs) And at the end of the day, I can't believe I'm going to tell you guys this, but we had a big blowout. And we were going to this, I booked this nice restaurant, and uh, it's live music. I checked the food that we could eat, nice ribeyes. We're driving there, out in the middle of Franklin, Tennessee, in the middle of the country, and it just turned into fireworks. Next thing you know, the car's on the side of the road. I'm getting out of my country boots, I hear the car take off, and I'm in the middle of nowhere in Franklin, Tennessee, with a couple bars left on my phone. (laughs) So, obviously, there's some other issues. We don't need to get into that. But what I'm saying is that, anyways, it took me two and a half hours to walk home. I had chafing in my legs. I still got blisters here. The good thing is, is I got my steps in. I blew my steps away. Pulled over on the side of the road. I was doing... Anyways, I'm like, I don't know if I should tell this story. The next morning, we went to First Watch for breakfast. And on the way home, I talked to my brother, Adrian. He's my best friend, accountability brother. He runs Men of Bedrock with me. And I told him, I sent a picture of him on the side of the road. He's like, where is that? (laughs) Like, I have no idea. I'm trying to find my way home. We're supposed to be going to a nice restaurant, having a great time, and... 11 years into our marriage, we're still dealing with this crap. So I said, dude, I need some help. Like, what do you do in these situations? And he he coached me through this thing that we teach our men of bedrock is called if-then scenarios. By the way, men, this is where you start taking notes. So we created a document for when Flavia doesn't want to make the night greater, what she's supposed to say to me when I advance, and she says no, how does that play out? And we scripted the whole night out. So, like, she's like, I-, I don't know. What do you want me to say? I'm like, just say something like this. I don't have to tell you anything more. But we came up with literally every little detail. With, like, if she does this, then I do this. And then we went through the whole scenario. Even if Vince is in a sulky mood, what does she do? And what happened was, like, I'm not doing that. You're, you know, we've been married for 12 years. You know, this is the way... You know, we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be discussing this. And I had to, like, really stand firm and say, babe, this is where we're at. This is the reality of our relationship right now. This is where we're at right now. This is what we're dealing with right now. This is what we're dealing with right now. You know, I reached across the table. I grabbed her hand. We prayed together. We mapped out this whole thing. And we prayed for a great day. And I, you know, just try to take leadership of this relationship. Because if I can't lead my wife, I can't lead anybody else. You know why? Because she knows me better than anybody else. And she has all of my dark secrets. She's got all my trump cards. She knows exactly what card to play. If I do this, she can play that card. If I do this, she can play that card. If I do this, she can play that card. I'm like, just put a bullet in my head. I'm done. (laughs) Like, you, you got me. And I realize that this is what we have to work through right now. 
I can't compare myself to anybody else. If we can conquer this, we will be able to give our kids what we want, which is a marriage that they want. That's a great standard. Do you want your kids to have the same marriage that you have? Do you want your kids to have the same business that you have? Do you want your kids to have the same health that you have? You have to fight these battles yourself or else you're not going to be able to lead anybody else to a better place. So all that to say is that we need strength to own our journey. And sometimes it is very humbling and it requires so much humility, it's painful. Vince, you were talking about this at the Mastermind in Toronto six years ago. I know. I'll probably be talking about it in five years from now because we're trying to grow. We're not trying to have a superficial relationship. We're trying to go deeper. If you want to go deeper, if you want to grow, it's going to get harder. I think we have this distorted reality that as your business grows, things get easier. Does anybody think that? It doesn't. It gets harder. If you don't want it to get harder, go backwards. Don't climb up the mountain. Climb down the mountain. The air is thin up there. It's riskier up there. It's lonely up there. You don't have to keep going up. You can just settle and camp out at 10,000 feet. You don't need to go to 30,000 feet. No one's making you. So we need strength to own our journey. This is where we're at, babe. Crap. You know, I, anyways, I, let me get back on track. But you guys feeling this? Okay, awesome. The last one, guys, is we need sustainable long-term connections. You have to build connections that are authentic, sustainable, and long-term. All right, if you want to be able to scale, if you want to be fearless, you need relationships. Um, talk to Annie about this back when we were looking to figure out the lineup for the Nashville event. And I was afraid to reach out to certain people to come speak because I was measuring my value based on how much money I made. I'm like, they make so much more than I do. What value do I have to them? And the, and the problem with that is, is I was seeing that relationship purely transactional. And I see this as actually a, a big problem with a lot of people that everything in their life, not everything in their life, but a lot of stuff in their life is transactional. Even in like joining a coaching program is what can I get from this coaching program? Everything's transactional. And as soon as something doesn't work for what, what can I get, then they disconnect. And they go lonely and they go dark. As opposed to learning, how do I get connected to this community more than ever? How do I leave this event this weekend more connected to everybody in this room than ever before? Where I have a room of people who've got my back, who I can go to if I'm stuck, so that I have the confidence to grow because I am connected with people. I've built real, authentic relationships. Because that's all you've got in this business. If you have true, genuine relationships with people, then you're going to be invincible. And what we need to do, like how do, we, how do we get people on board? You find out what you both have in common. And you align on what you have in common. Right? I told Wes, Wes, I know what he's all about. Like I was intimidated as Wes Watson to come and speak at my event, even though they just vetted, him, vetted me and said, hey, you got to go speak at Vince Damani's event. I was scared to say, yeah, why is he going to want to come to my... Because all I'm thinking is what I have to offer him in terms of one area of my life. And I'm intimidated by certain people. And you had this amazing thing she said to me. She says, how do you know these guys aren't intimidated by you? I'm like, what do you mean? Well, you have an amazing family. You've been around for over 15 years. You've got a great reputation. You've got a strong faith. How do you know they're not intimidated by you, by what you have and what you're bringing to the table? And then when I realized that, like, wow, I have so much more to give to people than just, yeah, this is what our business is doing each month and this is how we're doing it. That's just one part of my life, small part of my life. It's taken me a long time to really figure out, like, to business, like, to separate your identity from the success of your business is a hard thing. And I bet a lot of you guys are feeling it right now. If you are, it's normal. As you start to get through this, you'll start to be able to show up more authentically without the intention to get anything. I started to realize, like, I have to do these events. I have to get these individuals to come speak because of who I am. My truth is that 
I am most alive standing right here in front of this room. This is when I feel the most alive. This is when I know this is who I am. This is why I've done everything I've done. And I know the power of these events because I'm a product of these events. These events cost a lot of money. But I'm not a product of doing virtual events. I love our Zoom calls and all that. This is what I love. This is how I got to where I've got, bringing people together. And this is why I push these events. This is why I tell people, you got to come, right? And this is why I built my whole business model around live events. So the solution for building your network is to find common ground around your values and around your mission so that you guys can both achieve your desired futures together. And this requires a lot of touch points. And why does this make you fearless? Because you're developing the skill of building relationships and developing touch points and connecting with people without any intention. Like, I am so grateful for our speaker lineup. You know, I've known Ryan for a long time, right? I think we have Ryan haven't actually talked in a while. Text him, yeah, I'll be there, right? We have a long-term relationship. Annie and Joe and Frank, like people who are speaking at these events, it's all because of relationships. It's all because of touch points. And now just to kind of tie this into maybe something a little more tactical for you guys is, you know, one of my things that I want to double down on is building my network. And I just, I, one of the things Annie said, Vince, you need to spend more time with yourself because you get your best ideas when you're listening to yourself and not always asking other people for opinions. Anybody like feel like they need to get their opinion vetted 20 by different people, 20 different people before they actually take action? You know it's a freaking good idea though. Like you don't need to ask me really. You just should just do it, right? How many of you guys have an idea you know you just need to do? You don't need to bring it up to the hot seat. You just need to do it. Well, I've got this idea called Vision Nights. And I'm starting them next month. And once a month, I'm going to bring four different people together for three hours. And I am going to give them the stage. And they are going to share how they've built their business and how they've built a life-changing business. And we're going to have different speakers from different walks of life, I got four already. They've all got massively successful online businesses, fitness businesses. You guys all know who they are. And they're all coming to speak for free. Why? Because I shared a vision with them that I want to raise $500,000 for charity water by the end of next year. Now, why that amount? Because when you hit that amount, they start to organize missions trips for you. And one of my visions, one of my goals is to organize a yearly missions trip for the seven-figure mastermind. And you guys might not know this, but 3% of your membership each month goes to Charity Water. That's 40 bucks. And that um, uh, provides enough water for 14 people for a whole year. That gets taken out of my account on the first of each month. And every $10,000 that we raise uh, provides us a well for that number of people. And my goal is to raise X amount of money and I want this to become a purpose-driven coaching program. And I want to inspire you guys to do the same. How cool, how awesome would it be if 3% of all of your members' dues went to a cause? It doesn't have to be charity water. It could be. This is what I'm putting together if you want to align. And we are going to raise this money together. Guys, we're spoiled freaking rich. We have so much, it's not even funny. So this is my vision. And for these nights... I'm going to have the speakers come on and they're going to teach. Might, uh, you know, have a little bonus hour where they can, you know, do some Q&A. And it's going to be free. And people can donate the charity water. And this is the way I'm going to build up my relationships. And guess what? Every single person, I'm in. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to go tell their audience, hey, I'm speaking at Vince's Vision Night. Also, why did I come up with a Vision Night? Because one of the biggest questions that we get, especially from a lot of people in this room who are, you know, 20, 50, 100,000 plus dollars a month, you guys are doing very well. But does anybody feel like the runway, like you feel like you're kind of close to the end of the runway? It's like, what's next? What's next? Well, hey, listen, other people have big visions 
And sometimes the best way to do it is just to hear what they are. Wow, look at all the possibilities out there. I never knew that was possible. So I'm going to ask these guys to speak about their vision as well to inspire you guys to continue to advance and to continue to reach and grow. And I'm really excited about it. Yo, yo, thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a ton of value. And as a token of my appreciation for enjoying the show, if you don't mind leaving a five-star rating as well as a genuine review, whether it's a sentence or a paragraph, that's up to you. I would like to extend my gratitude by sending you a free sample of my all-day energy formula, Preload. It is the world's only all-day energy and focus formula, and you will love it. All you got to do is head on over to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, take a screenshot, and then send it over to me on my Instagram account at Vince Del Monte with your home address, and we will get that shipped out. You are amazing. Thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.